Welcome back, Tribe from the North, Brave and Bold, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals. I am your host, Chris, and you can find Tubs of the Club on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and of course, TubsoftheClub.com. Now, most of you that are listening to the football part of the podcast uh, are probably pretty ingrained in Idaho football, so I'm sure you're already aware of this, but uh, this is kind of a special uh, breaking news type of podcast in regards to if you're on allvandals.com, which I'm assuming most of you are. If not, I'll kind of cover what it's about in a second. Um, but the native gem on allvandals.com posted a very interesting post um, about the comparing the 2018 to 2019 football roster. And he noticed that 28 underclassmen um, appear to not be listed on the new roster. Uh, so I took kind of a deep dive into that, um, took a little look, got my own numbers, and started to kind of try to piece together a picture the best I can for you guys. And so that's kind of kind of what I'm doing today is to try to to hold the brakes here. First of all, you know, the number one thing we should cover, and there's a couple things we should cover and lay out before we get into a bit of an investigative dive, is this is the 2019 spring roster that was posted. And... As we know, there have been errors in Idaho's uh, roster. This is from GoVandals.com, the actual university-ran athletic website. Uh, so it's not uncommon for there to be errors. There's you know upwards of 80 to 100 players usually on the team. It, it's easy for someone to fall through the cracks if they're not necessarily a key contributor. Obviously, it's not right. It's not good. But it happens, I feel like, at a lot of athletic departments. It's not solely an Idaho thing. So, you know, some of these people could very well still be on the roster. Just somebody missed something along the way. Um, You know, the semester has gotten back going, but the football team, for the most part, is kind of in their own little workout realm where the coaches are busy doing the recruiting and everything for the upcoming signing period. And since we covered the uh, the early signing period, we've had a lot of signings since, uh, I figured it'd be time to kind of, this is a good way to bridge into National Signing Day here in a couple weeks by covering Maybe some positions we weren't expecting to have to fill that are now become open. Now, this list is, uh, you're going to have to realize, I'll, I'll run through the list. Uh, we'll we'll kind of cover. I broke it down. I think, in my opinion, there are t- 10 key contributors that are going to be missing next year out of the 28. Um, 28 people left. 10 people I think we might miss for certain reasons, which I'll cover those people last before we just roll through a bunch of people in the beginning. But the first thing people need to realize, I think, is this 28 number is not that unheard of. Um, you got to realize that a lot of these kids are walk-on freshmen. And you walk on, you expect maybe, you know, I'll be able to show out my first year, get a little bit more playing time than I was expected, feel like you can start to see your career growth. Um in terms of the Idaho, you know, or a college career. And that sometimes turns into realizing that maybe you want to be more of a student than a student athlete. Maybe you got to the university of Idaho um, and you fell in love with your major and maybe, uh, you know, got into a group of friends that weren't football. And you realize, do I really want to be waking up at five thirty every morning to be a glorified blocking dummy? And some of these kids, and I I've had the benefit of knowing some throughout my career at the university um, just decided Maybe being the student athlete isn't for them, but being a student is, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, in fact, you know, I, I was a student. So for me, that was my preferable route. Um, not that I would have made the team anyways, but you know, I, I, 
it you all that are listening to this are probably alumni so you understand that it's easy to fall in love with the university now there are also players on here that are probably gone for other reasons but a lot of it is going to just be walk on um, people that you've never heard of you never would have heard of left and you got a whole nother slew of them coming in this year um, that you'll probably never hear of either and probably over half of them will be gone next year so it's not uncommon and just to prove how uncommon it is i did only pick two years but I picked two years that I think um, would have been a good case of where people would think there wouldn't be a lot of transfers. First off is the 2016-2017 year. So this is, um, you know, following the Idaho Potato Bowl, the team looks to be on or on the rise. Uh, yes, the news came out about us dropping to the FCS, but there was still a hope amongst many, um, maybe not the majority, but many, that we were going to be able to salvage um, FBS ball and continue to be an FBS program, as we know. As for where we currently are, we did not. And that's kind of the hot rumor here is that is it Petrino's coaching? Is it the FCS drop? Is it that we weren't competitive in the FCS? That has led to this, what seems to be a huge wave of kids wanting to transfer out or leave or quit or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, under the 2016 2017 season, under Paul Petrino, after the bowl win, everything looking for the most part pretty rosy. Uh, we had 18 kids leave. Now, I realize that is 10 fewer. Um, but like I said, that was a team that had just possibly been granted the best Idaho team of all time, if not at least in the last 20 to 30 years. So it, it was a team that you wouldn't expect a lot of turnover. Um, but that was also a very senior-heavy class, as we know, based on how the 17-18 season went. Um but yeah, you know, 18 kids left and I realize that's not a lot, but it still goes to show that people leave. But for example, the, one of the arguable other best teams in Idaho's recent history, the 2009 team, um, in between the season of 2009, 2010, the difference on the roster was 29 underclassmen. This is under a completely different coach. This is under Rob Akey, who was considered by many to be a player's coach. People loved Rob Akey. No one seemed to have problems with Rob Akey but he still had 29 kids transfer out after once again, a team that looked to be in the right spot. You know, we, we were in the Western athletic conference. We had one, we had had, um, yeah, not maybe our most competitive game against Boise state in a while, but you know, um, things weren't looking too bad, um, at the university of Idaho. In fact, as I've mentioned on this podcast before, the 2009 season is what made me go to Idaho. So imagining people would want to leave Idaho after that uh, doesn't doesn't register for me. But 29 underclassmen left the program after that season. And yes, I understand that that's also a larger roster. That was an FBS roster that had more players. Um, so there, there are going to be holes in all of these because obviously everything's different. I, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying from what I've, this is the research I gathered. That in 2009, 2010, we had 29 underclassmen leave with an FBS roster. Um, in 2016, 2017, we had 18 underclassmen leave with also an FBS roster, but while probably starting the transition to an FCS roster. And then obviously with an FCS roster, we had uh, 28 kids leave this year, which, yes, some of it probably is due to a multitude of factors, like we mentioned. But um, as you're about to see, I think a lot of it had to do with the walk-on. So I'm going to try to fly through the players that most of you have probably never heard of and now probably will not have ever heard of before I cover, and I'll just give you, if you're interested in them, the 10 players I'll be covering a little bit more in depth. Um, it's roughly alphabetical. Uh, Harrison Ashby, Aaron Boatwright, Denzel Brantley, Wayne Eads, the second, Josh Ellingson, 
Kyrie Currington, or uh, Dylan Lemley, Dane Kaiser, Tyrese Walker, Ty Graham, Joe Wysocki, Michael Mafu, and Zach Charm. Um, or Charme. We'll have, those are the guys I'm going to cover a little bit more in depth because I think they were kind of key contributors or uh, somebody that we would actually notice and are probably going to miss. Um, but until then, I'm going to kind of roll through the other 18 players real quick and briefly what I found um, on what, what might be their situation. So starting with Michael Agnoli, he was a redshirt freshman, 6'5", 220 pounds from Santa Clara, he has zero appearances. According to his Twitter, um, he's still at the University of Idaho. So once again, this could be one of those players that just slipped through the crack. Being a redshirt freshman, um, ha- no having no appearances, uh, it's one of those guys that you know could could have just fallen through the crack. Um, the next is Cole Allen. He redshirted this year on the defensive line. He's from Genesee, Idaho, and is a walk-on. So once again, a walk-on local kid. Uh, probably just wanted to try out football at a D1 level, no offense to Genesee, a little different beast being a D1 football player than playing a Genesee football. Obviously a lot of good players have come out of there. One comes to mind over in Montana, but you know, it's obviously not for everybody. Zero appearances. He doesn't appear to have a Twitter. I wasn't able to find it, Um, but I just think a kid that showed up and decided I just want to be a student and uh, maybe football wasn't for him. Um, And then we have Max Dahlquist. He also redshirted this year at wide receiver. He's from Issaquah, Washington. Also walk on, no game appearances, no Twitter. Um, then you have Stevanson Ferdand. He's a wide receiver. He's actually a junior. Um, he actually transferred in. He got one start versus Portland State, got five catches for 19 yards. So a guy who started to have a little bit of production, but he was only going to be a senior. Um, you know, he transferred in. So that's one of those guys where, you know, he probably lost a year of eligibility. He probably graduated. Uh, and, and, you know, if you don't think, I mean, look how busy our wide receiver room is going to be without the freshman we're bringing in, probably evaluated his situation said, I might be better off just graduating and, and moving on with my life. Um, then we have Chris Fuentes, uh, redshirt freshman linebacker from Cheney has zero appearances. Um, you know, another kid came over from Cheney. He just maybe wanted to come to an academic institution and you know, there we are. <laughs> yeah. Marcus Fukutami, uh, redshirted this year wide receiver. Uh, he's from Bellevue, Washington also had zero appearances and you'll notice a lot of Washington. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are from more metropolitan areas where Moscow is just a culture shop for them. So if they aren't staying for the academics, it's just more, they want to move closer to home and maybe go to something they're more familiar with being located in Western Washington. I can say myself that, you know, when I was in school, uh, a couple of the Seattle area kids, it just wasn't for them. Um, maybe they've been the Pullman before, but you know, as we all know, Moscow and Pullman are different. And you know, for some people, they just want to move home. They maybe have a job opportunity back home, or they just want to go to one of the UW um, school system schools. So you know, it's not uncommon for people from Washington, California, Florida, etc., to maybe get a bit of a culture shock and leave too. It does not mean that they hate the coach or they think you know, anything about the quarterback situation. It's just the way it is. Then you have Jet and Max Green, the twins. They both uh, were redshirting this year, freshmen. They're from Sacramento, California, zero appearances. Um, once again, I just think kids, maybe this wasn't for them. I didn't find anything on their Twitters or anything either. Um, Micah Hamilton, redshirt junior from Woodenville, Washington. According to his Twitter, um, he's graduated. 
And uh, so, so, you know, like I said, he's a redshirt junior, which means in school he was a senior. Um, he seemed to be, by all accounts, he was on the, I think he had like a 3.6 GPA. So my guess is he graduated on time and uh, he did have eight games on special teams. So he started to be kind of a bit of a contributor there at the end. But um, yeah, it appears now he's he's graduated and um, he's he's making music now. So following his passions. Um, then you have Blake Horlicher, who is a redshirt freshman wide receiver from Spokane Valley, Washington. Walk-on, zero appearances. Um, from everything I've seen on his Twitter, he's been very supportive of Vandal football. He has a lot of Vandal retweets. His profile picture seems to still be him um, as a Vandal. So, you know, it's and, and listed as a Vandal. Um, so, you know, that's, that's one of those <laughs> people that I'm talking about um, that just – might have fallen through the cracks. Then you have James Jones, who is a freshman um, from New Orleans. Uh, he played one game versus New Mexico, um, but they burned his red shirt for it. I'm not sure how that works. If you listed someone as a red shirt and then pulled it off, because it was listed as a burned red shirt, even though um, I thought you were allowed to play four games and still be a red shirt. So I'm not totally sure on that situation, but that could be one of those situations where, um, if you're James, you're just upset about how that scenario went down of you expecting a redshirt year and leaving. Um, then you have Dylan Casa. Uh, he redshirted this year as a freshman on the offensive line. Um, he's from Idaho Falls, zero appearances. Probably once again, a local kid who just decided to stay and go to school. Then you have Luke Nemec. He also redshirted this year as a freshman from Boise, Idaho, D-line, zero appearances. Aaron Poo, or Poa, Pua. Um, he's a redshirt junior linebacker. Um, he's from Buckeye, Arizona, actually had 18 appearances and one tackle. Once again, redshirt junior, which means he was a senior in school, most likely just graduated, uh, and saw that, you know, in three years on the team, he had only had 18 appearances and made one tackle. Maybe next year he plays in 11 games on kickoff, maybe one on defense, gets four or five more tackles. Is it worth it? Or should he just start his career? You know, he was the judge of that. And my guess is he graduated and started his career. Um, then you have Seth Snyder. He is a, also redshirting freshman from Helena, Montana. He actually played two games in redshirted this year. So he's one of those guys who um, we've utilized redshirt rule on. So it kind of stinks to see him leave. But once again, Myers decided football wasn't for him. Maybe he wants to go back to Montana. Uh, there's a million different things that his situation could be. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of the way this is. It's, it's a lot of speculation. Um, so with that, now I want to get into kind of the guys I was a little bit more upset to see leave. Um, and I did a little bit more deep dive or the best I could into maybe what happened to them. The first off is Harrison Ashby, 6'5 tight end. He was a two-star recruit. We gray-shirted uh, him in 2017. He actually played in six games this year. Um, he's from Boise, Idaho. Uh, according to his Twitter, and I, I love this, um, it says University of Idaho. So it appears he's playing at Pearl River Community College down in Mississippi now. Um, he list, listed himself as, uh, you know, NFL bound tight end. His location shows Mississippi, Alabama. Uh, sorry, Mississippi, not Mississippi, Alabama. Um, he retweeted Pearl River Community College, something about gloves. His thing shows him being at PRCC, the 208 flight to the 601. Um, and then on January 4th, he posted Mississippi with a pin drop. So my guess, Harrison Ashby just decided that maybe the community college route was him. Maybe he thought he was a little bit bigger than Idaho, which 
requires him to kind of go to a JC and then transfer into an FBS type school. Um, I would not be surprised to see him um, playing at like Boise state in two years. So just, just something to keep an eye on in my opinion. Um, next one, Aaron Boatwright. So I don't want to speculate too much. Just where we get into some, some gray area. Um, so all this is speculation. I know nothing, but uh, East Mississippi Community College transfer in. So, you know, a Juco guy. And for any of you that have seen Last Chance U, I mean, yeah, he's 6'5", 237-pound D-lineman. He was a junior, played in all 11 games. Uh, he started in four, had 10 tackles, two tackles for a loss, one sack, one forced fumble, one block kick. Um, I wasn't able to find him on Twitter. But, and, I mean, you've, you've seen the show. Some of these guys come from very checkered paths. Uh, they struggle with academics. They fall out of love with football. So it, it's not hard to see why maybe Aaron Boatwright once again showed up um, here from you know the South. Culture shock here in Idaho. Decided football wasn't for him. He'd probably been to two or three schools at this point and just said enough's enough. Um, you know maybe academics were involved. Maybe not. Uh, it's not something I want to speculate on, but. Uh, if you've seen the show, it's understandable to see why maybe someone like Aaron, you know, when they're already at last chance you, then they kind of come to a new spot, decide what's best for their life at a point. Um, and for him, it appears to just not be football, which is his decision. Uh, Denzel Brantley, one I'm actually – I I think this will be one that Coach will have to at some point address. Um Denzel Brantley, one of the best players on our team last year, um, featured in the, uh, you know, all the YouTube hype stuff during the season from Los Alamitos, California, six foot, 204 pound redshirt junior. So it is incredibly possible that he did just graduate. However, he was a key contributor on the team that might've had a shot at like the AAF or with the XFL coming CFL probably might've gotten a training camp look or two. So for me, it is a little hard to see Denzel go. He's been a standout all last year. He's been a contributor his whole career. Um, he's played since he was a true uh, retro freshman, according to his Instagram and Twitter, he's currently in Las Vegas now. Um, but on December 17th, he did post a video of him doing football workouts with a guy who claims to be a CEO um, for athletic training and everything. So it appears as of December 17th, he was still actively planning on playing football. Now that's right around finals time. Maybe, you know, a credit went his way that he wasn't expecting and decided to graduate or I, you know, it's all speculation at this point, but Denzel is one that is noticeable from the list. And I'm a little worried about him leaving. Um, but obviously in the recruiting special we'll cover some people that could fill that sh- those shoes, but that's a, that's one of the bigger losses for sure. If not the biggest loss is Denzel Brantley. Um, then we have Wade Edis, the second from Memphis, Tennessee, six foot, 279 pounds, red shirt, sophomore. He made four appearances. He was a former two star from the 2016 class. Um, I thought he was starting to contribute more. Um, would have been one of those players this year or next year that would have been a household name. Um, no information on what happened to him, but just somebody I thought to bring up that I think is actually a, lo- a huge loss for the program. Um, then you have Josh Ellingson, wide receiver from Ording, Washington, 5'10", 177 pounds. Once again, that magical RJR, Redshirt Jr. Uh, he's played since he was a freshman. 2017, he was the Offensive Scout Team Player of the Year. He played in nine games last year, uh, mostly on special teams, but he did 
record a catch. Um, and I remember seeing him run around in his number. So that was a guy that popped off the page to me. Had a 3.46 GPA. Um, his Twitter says he's still in Moscow. But with a 3.46 GPA, redshirt junior, you've mostly played special teams and scout team your whole career. Maybe one of those guys that had gotten an internship, had gotten some kind of academic uh, or career advancement through his academics and decided, do I really want to come back for two catches and 30 yards next year and, you know, 11 starts at special teams, hopefully more at the playoffs, but you get what I'm saying. Um, I think this is just a guy who evaluated his situation and, you know, had been part of a bowl team and everything and decided I'm ready to the next chapter of my life. Um, I wish we had him for one more year. I think he would have been a key contributor, but uh, you know, it's these guys' lives, they get to choose what they do or do not do with them. Um, Kyrie Currington, DB from New Orleans, Louisiana, 5'11", 172-pound freshman. Uh, he was one of those players that we put in four games to just get him the experience, and then we slapped a red shirt on him. He actually ended up getting three tackles. Uh, he, a guy I was really excited to see in the future. Uh, I remember listing him and people I wanted to see play in the last two games. And, you know, we got that – that out of him and uh i couldn't find anything on twitter about him transferring or anything but um yeah he appears to have left the program Ooh, here come the fun ones um dylan lemley so for those of you that don't know or maybe knew we've kind of brushed on dylan lemley but uh, dylan lemley was a three-star um quarterback that we signed in the 2017 class he's 6'2 200 pounds uh, one of the better players we've signed in a while. Um, he missed last year his what would have been his redshirt freshman year after redshirting the year previously um, due to some academic issues. Um, you know, he, he, my guess would be maybe, he, I know he wasn't on campus. He was fixing them back down in Los Angeles. So maybe it just didn't get to where it needed to be to return to the team or he just decided football, once again, wasn't for him. I haven't seen that he's enrolled at any community colleges or JUCOs or any other schools. So it makes me think that maybe football is just, you fell out of love with it. Um, but in the interesting thing, he did retweet um, Cameron Thomas's commitment tweet um, back on December 19th. So that's, he's actively on Twitter kind of uh, supporting a new vandal. So I guess at that point he probably thought he was coming back. So I think there might be something different that that had occurred there than maybe we were all expecting. And then obviously the, you can't talk about Dylan Lemley without bringing up the most uh, player that probably most of you guys aren't aware of, but Dane Kaiser, also a walk-on quarterback from Elk Grove, California, 6'3", 201 pounds. Um, yeah, he is a guy that uh, him leaving and Dylan Lemley leaving, I guess is where I'm going with this. Kind of makes you think that the uh, quarterback room has gotten a little crowded. Um, Kaiser obviously being a walk-on, seeing how many scholarship guys we've brought in. Um, and then you have the likes of, obviously, Mason Petrino is returning. Colton Richardson, who a lot of people thought was going to be somebody that was going to transfer out, is apparently, by all accords, staying, which I think is awesome. I don't think his career as Idaho was over. I think he still has a lot more to prove whether we'll see how the quarterback situation goes this year, if not the year after that. Um, but then you have Nikhil Nair and Nathan Cisco coming in. And I think Dan Kaiser kind of viewed the room and said, I'm not going to get my shot. Um, 
maybe I just want to be a student. I wasn't able to find anything on Twitter or Instagram about him. Um, and same with Dylan Lemley. He's been very uh, not football related on the Instagram or Twitter, but um, appears to be doing well. Another one that I think is really, really going to hurt these next two, just like if you're driving, pull over. Um, Tyrese Walker, running back. Yes, that would be Ty Walker, number one. The stud we discovered this year, um, 5'6", 165-pound, quick as a hiccup freshman. He played in 10 games for Idaho. He was our second-leading rusher. Um, it appears to have left. Uh, I honestly could not find um, what happened. His Instagram is private, and he tweets a lot, but it's mostly appears about him doing nothing. A lot of I'm bored, what's up, and tweeting and retweeting other people's stuff, but I probably squirreled multiple times down his page and didn't even get to the middle of January. So um, big tweeter. Um, so if you're interested, give him a follow, but uh, hasn't really mentioned anything of his of his football you know, related stuff. Um, but apparently, according to the website, has left the program. This one really, really hurts. Um, I kind of got a, a prep on it coming, which would be Ty Graham. The linebacker safety kind of hybrid from Cheney, Washington, six foot, two hundred seventeen pounds, true junior. Um, I had heard rumors he had been spotted on Eastern's campus, but obviously, you know him being from Cheney, it's not uncommon for him. You would think to go home during the weekends, it being only seventy miles, and say, well, "Hey, what's up to the family?" Um, so I wasn't too concerned about it when I first heard it. Um, I did try to look into it at the time. He did still have himself listed as the at the University of Idaho. Um, yeah, but he ten games as a freshman, eight games as a sophomore, um, ten games as a junior, starting in six. He was a key contributor, a guy who had kind of played a really good hybrid role. We just had a busy backfield and busy linebacking room with you know the Ellises and um, Ed Hall and Lashley and Brantley and um, Hightower. It was just busy but he still found a way to make the field and be an impact, not just on special teams, but actually on defense. This is going to be one of those other key losses that we're just going to have to figure out what happened. My guess, just after Eastern made the national championship, decided he wanted to play his last season at Eastern Washington. Um, I don't know if he graduated. He is only a junior, uh, but he is one of the, he is on the all academic list. So um, could have maybe just graduated early or if not, um, I don't know, wanted to leave and transfer and then play uh, one year at Eastern. But uh, Twitter has confirmed now um, he's listed as Cheney, U of I, and then Eastern Washington football. He has his location in Cheney. Um, by all accords, his profile picture is now him in Idaho stuff on the red turf, kind of hugging a child wearing an Eastern Washington jersey. And then his profile pic seems to be him and a bunch of the Idaho football players. So kind of confusing there. Um, but a lot of his Instagram and Twitter is a lot of Idaho. Uh, so I don't think there's any animosity there. I just think, like I said, hometown stuff. Um, he actually just tweeted at Matt Linehan just the other day. So it's a weird one. It's one that really hurts. I really like Ty Graham. I tweeted at him like two years ago, everything. Um, actually is giving me a follow, which is, is cool. Um, but yeah, he was one of my favorite players to watch. And I'm actually going to really... Really miss him on the team. Uh, he's one of the ones that it stinks, and I'd like to hear a reason why, but obviously respecting these players' privacy and not just 
tweeting at them. It's already creepy enough that I'm searching for them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, not hitting anybody up. Then we have Joseph or Joe Waisaki, tight end from Seal Beach, um, California, 6'2", 225-pound junior. Played in every single game as a freshman and sophomore, um, but then they redshirted him last year. I am not. I couldn't find if that was due to injury or maybe butting heads with the coaches. Like I said, you can only speculate. Or maybe he knew he wanted to transfer. Um, but yeah, he played as a freshman and sophomore. Actually got two touchdowns his sophomore year, but decided to redshirt last year. Um, according to his Twitter, he is still very Idaho heavy. He talks a lot of stuff about Idaho. Um but it says he's located in Seal Beach, but on Twitter. But uh, once again, it's not uncommon for people to leave their hometowns as their location instead of their university. Um, but it, it appears that he's pursuing music. Uh, it appears he's in a band called Great Legs. You can find them on bandcamp.com. Um, so go check them out. I actually listened to it to kind of figure out if it was a band, and it is, and they're actually half decent. So, you know, if he left to pursue music, I have friends that did that in college. So, you know, good for him. Once again, it's all about pursuing your passions, right? And if it's not football, you get an opportunity. You can't hate people for taking that chance. Um, next one is Michael Maafu, defensive lineman from Phoenix, Arizona. 6'2", 259-pound freshman. We used him four games last year. Then we slapped um, one of those four-game red shirts on him. So we would have had him for this year. Um, yeah, according to his Instagram, it says he's still an Idaho football player. Um, but according to his Twitter... It appears maybe he is a part of the Tempe rugby team. Uh, so it looks like he's back in Phoenix playing rugby um, for Tempe. So as a, you know, he is Tongan. Um, that's got a little bit of, you know, it's really popular down in the oceanic region. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, football wasn't for him. He didn't and wanted to play rugby, which, you know, for him is good. He was a, apparently a, under 17 All-American, so um, we, we could use a really good rugby player, I guess, on the national team. So that's a, that's another player that uh, appears to be just pursuing a different passion, uh, not necessarily just leaving the team or transferring out or trying to play elsewhere. He decided he wanted to play rugby. Then the last one um, that I care about but people probably don't care about other than me is Zach Charme or Charm. He's a punter slash holder from Boise, Idaho, from my alma mater, Timberline High School. He's a redshirt junior. So once again, that big RJR, I think he just graduated. Um, it appears he's back in Boise. He was Greek for Lambda Chi, which means most likely he was a walk-on. Because I believe the rule is at Idaho, you can be a Greek student if you don't have scholarship status. And if you do, you just have to live out of the fraternity. So I think that goes for all sports too. So like, Volleyball, track, soccer, so golf. Um, so it appears he just was – he actually – it's weird because he started 20 games for Washington State, 13 as a freshman, and was actually the eighth-ranked punter apparently um, out of high school. But um, once again, he held kicks in nine games for Idaho. Kay Coffey is a fantastic punter and fantastic kicker and – and probably looked and said, I'm not playing next year. Kate Coffey's going to be here. I've graduated. You know, most of my pledge class at Lambda Chi is probably leaving. And he decided to to bounce and move back to Boise and start pursuing a career. So, uh, once again, a lot of guys, like I said, are just redshirt juniors. That For the key noticeable guys and obviously then on the other side, that are just guys that probably graduated and looked at the depth chart and said, I'm not going to have enough movement next year 
to rationalize me coming back to Moscow for one year to do 6.30 a.m. practices to maybe log two more tackles on a stat sheet. Um, and, you know, in all honest, honest opinion, in a, in a schedule that's, um, I don't know, we, we, we've covered the schedule. I'm not going to get into that. But, yeah, so that that's kind of where we're at uh, with players leaving. Um, like I said, the ones that I think are the biggest miss for us, Ashby, Ty Graham, Ty Walker, Obviously, Lemley leaving would have really shaken up the quarterback competition, but and that, and I still think the biggest one is Denzel Brantley. Um, we really needed him, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe he was a team captain, which makes me think maybe something was up. Um, but I don't want to speculate because I I never heard anything bad about him. Um, he doesn't seem to have ever been in trouble for grades, and he was that redshirt junior monocle where possibly he just graduated and he had an opportunity he couldn't refuse and maybe didn't see NFL or professional football in his future. And so that's, that's how it happened. Um, I'm sure Petrino or the university will have some kind of press release on some of these. The next time they're in front of a camera, um, somebody will ask them questions about it. But for my luck, it'll probably be the day before I post this podcast, which was recorded on Friday, January 24th. But yeah, that, that's kind of the update I wanted to give you guys on what happened to some of our players. Um, if you have any questions, obviously you can shoot us hashtag AskTATC. I can answer them there since uh, the next podcast will be National Signing Day. Working on a special guest. Um, so make sure you tune in for that. Also, if you love basketball, Brian Marceau is killing our basketball coverage. So make sure you check out the Basketball Update podcasts that are on the same stream you got this one on so just go find the ones that say basketball and give them a listen because he's doing a really good job if you're more of a reader he writes um big sky updates for the montana mint.com you know one of our friend podcasts over there and covering the grizz and the cats so make sure you check out all of his content all of our content um and then if you are interested if you are a business owner we are currently seeking sponsorships for next year's round of podcasts we're going to finish out this season um, the way it is, but if you're interested in possibly sponsoring a segment or having ad reads done on the podcast, um, make sure you email us at tubs at the club at gmail.com. Obviously there's a bit of a vetting process. Um, we do have a certain institution in our name. Um, so if you're a bar, probably a waste of your time, but, uh, hotels, credit unions, banks, local businesses, print shops, Greek houses, I don't care. Uh, if, you, if you have something um, you want to sponsor, email us at tubs at the club dot or tubs at the club at gmail.com. You know, you can also find any of us on Twitter. You can hit us up on Twitter. If you have any suggestions or any other kind of business inquiries or special guests or things you want to hear, hit us up on Twitter or email us at that email. We want to interact with you guys. We're having so much fun making all this content. And obviously, the only reason we are for the people that aren't business owners out there seeking sponsorship is we want to continue to bring you guys awesome content, which right now it's currently expensive. If we can make a little bit, we could upgrade a lot of stuff. Um, what we don't, you know, and you know, really go into upgrading the podcast and be able to give you more awesome, amazing coverage that we want to be able to give you guys. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning into this. I know this was just a lot of at you and names and everything like that, but I hope it helps kind of squander a little bit of the fire cell that seemed to be going on on all vandals. Um, 
and on FCS Fans Nation and and Twitter and everything about uh, the Vandals having a lot of people transferring out. It, it's not totally uncommon. Yes, there's some bigger names than maybe in years past, um, but you know that's kind of where we're at with a weird FCS drop and then lack of success in the first year. Um, some of these players are probably like, eh, not for me. I signed up to be FBS. We're apparently not competitive. I think we all expected that to be coming, but just don't freak out is the main goal of this uh, podcast. Everything's good. As the great Aaron Rodgers said, R-E-L-A-X, relax. Can't wait for the season to start firing up. Signing day is just around the corner. As always, go Vandals.